It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Oh, and yes! Touchdown! Did he get it? All right, welcome back. Full Court Press. Jason Walker with you here. All right, we're, we're trying to work through. We're trying to get Rob Nielsen on the other end here, and I think we've got him. Uh, Rob Nielsen, you there? Utah State uh, volleyball head coach. You there, Rob? Yeah. All right, glad. I'm still somewhat new to getting the, the phone calls through the through the system, so I apologize for disconnecting and all that fun stuff, but glad to have you on. All good. Happy to be with you. So let's just talk about uh, Mountain West Tournament. I guess, well, there's actually one quick question I have. Um, Because you guys are going to go play in the NCAA Tournament, going to face Arkansas, and it's in Eugene, Oregon, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Um, So it's six-seed Arkansas. Um, But you guys didn't have a seed, at least a number. Um, is, Is that... Do you have a seed, or was that, did I just miss something? I was, I was wondering what the heck happened with that. Yeah, so this is uh, the NCAA Women's Volleyball Tournament for the last however many years has only seeded the top 16 teams. Um, and so that's been how it's gone for a long time, the top 16 teams host. And then they've kind of sorted everything else regionally. So you saw a lot of Utah versus Utah matchups uh, in the past. BYU and Utah would always play each other in the first or second round, and Utah teams would go play at BYU or Utah if they were hosting at one of the top 16 teams. This year, uh, they've they've sorted or they've um, ranked the top 32 teams, uh, and so it's created a little bit more parity, a little bit better matchups, I think. And then if you talk to people that are on the committee, they actually do rank out the rest of the teams. They're just not given a number, so I guess you could say we are like an 11 seed. Uh, and that matches up with about what our RPI is. We're somewhere, you know, in the top 50 uh, in rankings. So, right, four regions were the 11th seed, somewhere around 44. Yeah, I was figuring it must be something like that. But, yeah, I was just – I saw the press release and and was looking at the, the brackets, and I was like – because you know, initially saw the press release, are Utah State's facing six-seed Arkansas? And I was like, what seed's Utah State? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> so right. I was just like, I don't, I don't know what the – the logic is behind that, not just not putting the number out there. But uh, we'll we'll come back to the tournament in a minute. We'll have uh, some conversations about that. But I do want to talk about the conference tournament uh, itself. Um, and just the first thing, you know, going into the tournament, you're facing New Mexico in the first round. Granted, you were normally the favorite, it being a 4-5 matchup. But this is a team that you'd lost to six sets to one throughout two regular season games. UNLV, you lost uh, 3-2 a couple of times. You end up beating both of those teams 3-0. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does that happen where, you know, you lose 12 sets to 5 combined versus these two teams, and then you go 6-0? Like, how, how, does, that, uh, how does that happen? Uh, yeah, it gets players fired up. You know, I think they always say hey, it's tough to beat a team 
three times, you know, in a season or twice in a season, tough to beat them again. And, um, you know, we knew those teams, we knew we competed against them well, um, you know, against uh, New Mexico, we felt like we let one get away at home. Obviously, they came in and played great, but we were up 22-16 in the first, 22-19 in the third, uh, and lost both of those, lost that match in three. Uh, and then went out to New Mexico, and we had already clinched. Uh, it was the last week of the season. We had already clinched our playoff spot. We knew we were going to be the fourth seed. Uh, and New Mexico was out there fighting for their playoff lives, right? They needed to win to get in. Uh, and so that was, you know, our feeling going down. And uh, obviously they played great volleyball. We weren't prepared for the challenge when we went down there, but we were really excited to see them again in the tournament when we were both fighting for our playoff lives. And, uh, and you know, we knew that we could challenge them in certain ways. And, uh, you know, in the end, I think you just need players that step up to the challenge. And uh, that's what our team did. Uh, and then you go ahead to that UNLV match, just like you mentioned. We had played them two matches lost in five sets, both places, you know, at UNLV and at home. Uh, but we had outscored them in both those matches. The sets that we had won, we had kind of run away with. Uh, so we felt confident going into that. We just needed to be better over time. And, uh, man, what a special match. Uh, our players stepping up. You know, UNLV was a great team this year. They were on a 17-match win streak, came in with the player of the year, the coach of the year, the newcomer of the year, just a, a very talented team. Uh, and our again, our, our team stepped up to the challenge, and it was uh, amazing to watch them on a, a magical run. So how surprised were you, you know, being able to beat that UNLV? I guess not just beat them, but, again, you swept them. Like, were you surprised that your team was – that you surprised your team did that? Uh, man, it just – it feels so great to win at the end of those matches. But, I, you know, I don't know if surprise is the right word. Uh, I was amazed – at just the composure of our team, uh, you know, the resilience, you know, you fight through adversity, little bouts in those, uh, in those matches. We were down 11, seven in the first, uh, when I called the timeout and then, right. You finish on an 18 to, uh, seven run to win the, the first set. So that was unbelievable. And then we were down again, uh, in the, in the second, I believe, and, uh, you know, down pretty big. And again, just kind of the composure of our group to battle back. And, and so I, I don't know if I would say I'm surprised uh, because I know we have that in you, but in us, but just to see our players do it under the highest amount of pressure against the best team that we're going to play is uh, it's really fun to see. And just, I think it speaks to how special uh, this run was from our players. Yeah, talking about composure, so obviously you guys were absolutely on a roll through the first two games, at least, you know, winning, you know, six straight sets. But then San Jose State um, didn't look quite as crisp in that first set. You had some good runs in that first set against San Jose State, but eventually you give it up, lose, I think, 26-24 in that first set. Like, what was the conversation like in that, you know, that huddle between the first and second sets where you'd lost your first set of the tournament you know, against a really good San Jose State team and you were faced with winning, you know, three out of the next four sets. Yeah, you know, one of our themes going into the tournament was that we wanted to play and compete together and not worry about being perfect. Uh, and I think we dealt with a lot of frustrations, right? The pressure of that final match, we want to be great. Uh, it, you're, you, just like you mentioned, it wasn't as clean uh, as we wanted it to be. And uh, we came into the timeout or into the 
you know, changeover after that first set and just talked to the group, you know, this is what the match is going to be. It's going to be hard and it's going to be frustrating and it's going to be difficult and things aren't always going to go our way. Uh, and that's how it's going to be. And so embrace it. You know, you can get frustrated by that. You can get upset by that, or you can just understand that it's going to be hard and you're going to have to slog through. And, you know, it was amazing that our, our players, uh, I think just found themselves comfortable in how difficult the match was going to be against a really good San Jose team. And, you know, that's a, a mentality we talk about a lot is, you know, the sagebrush mentality, right. From the Scotsman, just, we want to be comfortable uh, in tough, gnarly situations. And we want to love the sagebrush. We want to love it when things get hard. And, uh, you know, hats off to our players. They found comfortable amidst a really difficult competitive situation. And, man, we just we tore it up those last three sets versus San Jose. So uh, toward the end, it was, it was the final, the fourth set, where you guys ended up winning it. Uh, the camera panned to you. I think that you guys had like 23 or it might have even been match point. But the look on your face suggested that you guys would have probably down two sets and were about to lose. Uh, so obviously you were still serious up until the moment um, you won. But I guess what was the feeling like for you those last few points where, I mean, you know you're you're there just about. You're on the cusp. Like what's that feeling like for you standing there on the sideline watching those last few points to uh, seal the title? I don't know. It must have been one or two points before either 23 or 24. Uh, I started getting choked up, right? So it, it might've looked like I was <laughs> feeling sour over there, but uh, you know, there's just a, a pretty, uh, a pretty heavy flow of emotions, just realizing, Hey, that this group just did something uh, or is about to do something incredibly special. And I just think about how hard our players work and how, which is what an unbelievable group of women it is. Uh, man, how much I love this group, how hard our staff works uh, to try and, uh, you know, just help them move forward uh, and how much your players buy into some of those things. And, and I don't know, you know, it's just, there's, it's so gratifying to be a part of a group that's just pulling together in the same direction. And, uh, yeah, it was just, it was so fun. And so, I, you know, we're, we're serious and, and, you know, we're on the end of a long week. And so, man, I was burnt out and tired by the end of that, you know, watching our players celebrate. I was just kind of sitting over on the sideline. Um, you know, definitely we were emotionally spent, but it was, uh, it was, a, man, just one of the great feelings. And, you know, there, there are good days and bad days in the coaching ranks. And I just tell people, man, that was, that was one of the best. Did you guys have a, a Thanksgiving dinner over, uh, you know, during the tournament? Yeah, the the hotel did something for us. It was, you know, it was all right at, at our house. We we had Thanksgiving uh, the Sunday before, and my wife is a she's a culinary chef, right? Classically trained uh, chef, and so uh, she does it upright. We had a we had a solid Thanksgiving. There you go. Um, just kind of back uh, as far as the you know the winning the tournament. Um, last year you guys were, were co-champions of the regular season with, uh, I believe it was Colorado State, uh, but you fall in the semifinals. But I guess what's the, like, you know, what's the difference this season where obviously you weren't, you know, weren't regular season champions, but you win the conference tournament. Like, what's the, the difference like you know, between those last two seasons where you, you come home with hardware in both seasons, but <laughs> is, is, there, is there a different feeling to this one? 
Yeah, I think so. You know, we've we spent a little bit of time right with our players trying to talk them through the comparison or feeling like you, you know, you you come into this season, uh, we knew we were a better volleyball team this year than last year, uh, just more complete. Uh, the players that came back had been trained. We brought in a lot of talent. Some people got healthy that help us out. Uh, we felt like we were a more complete volleyball team this year. Uh, but when you look across the conference, last year we were co-champions at 14-4. and four. Uh, We were somewhere ranked about 100. in. I think we finished maybe at like 95 in the RPI national rankings. And the best team in our conference was somewhere around 75. Uh, so we beat some decent teams to finish, you know, first last year to win the regular season, which is an incredible accomplishment over time. But when you look at our conference this season, uh, we have a 17 and one uh, UNLV team who is 22 in RPI. Uh, we're, you know, Colorado State somewhere around 40. We were in the 50s almost all year. Uh, you have San Jose that's somewhere in the 50s or 60s, and New Mexico that's, you know, in the se- high 70s, 80s you have six teams in the conference that nationally were ranked better than the top team in conference was last year. Right. So the margins were thinner. It was tougher. The competition was tighter. Uh, the way we had to play had to be better, more crisp. Um, and so, you know, that's just how it goes, right? We, we end up finishing fourth with what we felt like was a, a better volleyball team because the conference was so good. Um, and so then to just, you know, climb through that adversity a little bit and put together such an outstanding week for our players to do that uh, just speaks volumes again of them, their resiliency, their hard work to improve throughout the entire year. Uh, and then just their determination and their competitive will. It was, it was so magical to see. And I think it, it made this a really special run because of how tough the teams were that we had to come through. So I got to ask about uh, the the tournament MVP Shelby. I brought her up on the show a little bit earlier, but I'm not sure I said her last name right. Uh, Capion. Oh, I oh I completely butchered it. I think I misread. I thought there were L's. Yeah, there are. Those oh, the, are you know silent oh, the, L's. Oh, it's the double L that her, makes uh, okay from her heritage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I completely because I think I pronounced like Caplanch or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She gets that a lot. Tell her I said sorry. <laughs> no worries. I butchered a name on national radio or, not, <laughs> or local radio. Um, but, uh, moving on just to the tournament. So this is the first time this team's been in the tournament since 2010, I think fifth time overall. Of course, the, the tournament hasn't been going for too long. Like the, the women's tournament, how long has this like women's volleyball tournament been going on? Do you know? I'm not sure when they switched to the NCAA uh, tournament, you know, probably sometime in the nineties, um, they've been doing it. Uh, you know, they, the, national championship that we have is from the AIWA back in 1979 or whatever the tournament was. So I'm not sure when it became the, the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, our conference just started last year, this conference championship. And so they had taken some time off, but yeah, the NCAA tournament's been going for, you know, a number of years, at least, uh, you know, 30, 25, 30. So, um, yeah, for us to get in, I think it's, like you said, the, the fifth time in program history is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a special run from this group, and, and we're excited about what we're building. So obviously you don't have, or at least I'm not aware of any experience you have with the women's uh, NCAA tournament, but uh, you certainly have some experiences in on the men's side as a coach and as a player. Uh, 
I don't know if it was specifically NCAA tournament because I don't know how long they've been doing that, but you were with the BYU men's volleyball team, and I think they won a title in 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, what's what was that postseason experience like for you? And, like, what are you trying to convey to your players as far as, you know, how different, you know, a, a tournament like this can be? Yeah, I mean, I was a, I was a player on that 2004 team, uh, and then I was a coach. Uh, we went a couple times uh, when I was coaching, uh, you know, in 2000. 13, 14, 15, um, we went, but on the men's side, it's a, it was, they think they've expanded now to eight teams. Uh, you know, back when I was going, it was just the final four. Um, and so it was a different deal. You know, obviously you had to be at the upper echelon to go and compete for national championships. Uh, here it's similar to the basketball tournament, right? It's uh, 64 teams. Um, so it's still, you know, it's a tough deal to get there. There's 32 uh, volleyball conferences. So there's 32 automatic bids. Uh, which we got one of and, and uh, 32 at large bids. Um, and so it's, you know, obviously this is a big honor, but you're going to go and play some of the best teams in the country. Um, we're really excited about our matchup with Arkansas. Uh, I know their coach really well. Um, he played at uh, my alma mater and then uh, coached there for the women's program for a while before moving on to Arizona state and Arkansas. Um, and they do a great job. And so, for us going to this tournament, you know, it's a, it's a feather in our cap, right? It's a great honor. It's a sign of growth for the program, but man, this is a competitive group and we want to go and play great volleyball and we want to represent our school and uh, we want to represent our team and uh, each other. And uh, you know, we want, we want more, we want to go and and play great. And so we know it's going to be a tall task, but you know, we're not just happy to be there. We're excited to uh, get after it and, and hopefully make some noise. All right, I'll wrap it up, ask a couple of questions just about uh, your opponent uh, this Friday, I believe, uh, Arkansas. Uh, what? Tell me a little bit about them, and also, you know, what do you got to do to come away with the win? It'd be the, the first NCAA tournament win for the program since 2001, even though they've been a couple times since. But what needs to happen for you guys to win? Uh, yeah, this is a, a really solid Arkansas team. Um, they're, you know, coming out of the SEC, which is obviously a great conference. I think they finished, uh, you know, third or fourth in the conference. Uh, it's a well-coached team. They're going to play the game similar to how we play, um, just in terms of their style and their tactics. Uh, it's not the most physical team. Um, you know, they're not the most physical team in the NCAA, but they win because they're consistent. They win because they're disciplined. Uh, and they just they play really really good volleyball, um, and so we're excited to you know test ourselves against uh, some of the best. They've had some great wins. They beat a top ten Washington program, a top ten Georgia Tech program, um, and then obviously they're playing in the SEC against uh, tough opponents. Uh, and they they came at, into the NCA as an at large team. Uh, for us to win, right, we're going to have to serve great. Uh, we're going to have to be able to score points on, on both pins. And we feel like for us, when we're really comfortable and really finding flow, we're able to attack teams out of the middle of the court with our middles. And uh, I think that was an important step for us. We started to find a little bit of rhythm with Kennedy Boyd, who's you know been an all-conference performer for a couple of years, and then with a newcomer, Mirta Maring, who's just physically a beast. And uh, she can present problems for teams offensively and defensively in a lot of different ways. And so, um, yeah, we're going to have to play good. We're going to have to, you know, be competitive in the serve and pass uh, battle. And then we're just going to have to 
we're gonna have to grind and and uh, you know win some ugly points here, and it's gonna be a battle. All right, Utah State uh, volleyball head coach Rob Nielsen coming off a Mountain West Conference tournament championship. They're gonna play on Friday against Arkansas. Thank you so much for coming on, Rob. Hey, thank you guys. Thanks for having me. We appreciate what you do, and we always love talking to you because we know uh, when we are, we're doing great stuff. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a quick break and we come back. We'll have a little more. Uh, uh, Utah State uh, football, the all-conference teams came out today, and we'll talk a little more Utah Jazz and a uh, little Utah State men's basketball as well. More next on 106.9 The Fan. One of this year's most popular and in-demand Christmas gifts is sure to be the e-bike. Find the best name in e-bikes, the Yamaha Power Assist Bikes at Cash Honda Yamaha in Hyde Park. Yamaha e-bikes have superior technology and pure ride performance. Choose the model and style right for you. Yamaha All-Road e-bikes or Yamaha Mountain e-bikes, all backed up by Cash Honda Yamaha's full service department. Yamaha Power Assist e-bikes on display and on sale now at Cash Honda Yamaha at the light in Hyde Park. The end of the year is close. If you're on a flex spending account, you'll need to use those funds now. Crystal Vision, the two-time gold medal winner in Best of Northern Utah, is holding a small business Saturday sale through November 30th. Shop in and choose from their great selection of frames with character. With your current prescription, Crystal Vision will fit you into a new look for the new year. Crystal Vision, on 14th North or online at crystalvision.com. You have to see it to believe it. The new Three Peaks Medical Plaza is Cache Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in the Three Peaks Medical Plaza in North Logan. The entire staff and Drs. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and Three Peaks Medical Plaza, 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to cachevalleyent.com for details. Most insurance products, including Select Med are accepted. For over 20 years, Ages Home Health and Hospice has been providing health care to Cash, Box Elder, and Rich Counties. Whatever or wherever your health care needs, Ages' goal is to meet those needs. Ages Home Health and Hospice core values are character, experience, and trust. Ages, A-E-G-I-S, striving to provide the health care services you need. Ages Home Health and Hospice. Call 723-9000 or find them at myages.com. Several families who need help this holiday season have been nominated by trusted individuals. Some of them need winter clothes. Others would like toys or music. And others simply need basic necessities. The Cash Valley Media Group is sponsoring Cares for Christmas. Visit caresforchristmas.org to see what these families need, then drop off your donations to 810 West, 200 North in Logan. Thank you for helping these deserving families, and thanks for caring this Christmas. This is Zach with HSA Depot. Christmas is nearly here. Make sure you be merry and bright by using your pre-tax funds on your medical needs. We know your regular holiday budget is disappearing quick. So instead, save money by using your pre-tax income to buy qualifying medical supplies. HSA Depot carries hundreds of unique and dashing eligible products to help you conquer your health care. Come to HSA Depot next to Sally Beauty Supply and see how much you can save this holiday season. HSA Depot, five-star review. This is Chris from the Cater Shop Menswear Store. We believe how you look is the first message you deliver. This also includes our floors at the store. Daryl at Chem Drive Northern Utah and his team came in after hours, cleaned the entire store, and had it ready to go before we opened the next day. I trust Daryl and his team from Chem Drive Northern Utah. Chem Drive of Northern Utah. Chem Drive of Northern Utah. 435-752-6100. They never could play it. 
but they sure can talk about it. Eric Franson and Jason Walker on the Full Court Press. Welcome back. Second hour of the Full Court Press already in progress. Jason Walker with you here. Eric Franson gallivanting off into the wilderness as he's wont to do usually. He's doing important things. So, things that are more important than being on this show. So, I can certainly handle it from here. We just had uh, Utah State Volleyball head coach Rob Nielsen on the show. Thanks for him taking some time out of his day to, to come talk to us and Certainly a lot of success happening with that volleyball program recently. He took over in the, uh, in the COVID year for a program that had won, like, I think five or six games in two seasons between, like, you know, 2018, 2019. Uh, we went, like, five and ten his first year, I think. And then in 2021, they win a regular season Mountain West championship. And then this year, he felt his team was even better. Of course, the conference itself was a lot better. And then... He wins the – they don't win the regular season championship. That went to UNLV. Uh, but then Utah State wins the conference tournament, beating UNLV. They beat – Utah State beat the one seed and the two seed in this tournament, UNLV and San Jose State. So a lot of success for this team that's brought home championship hardware two years in a row, and their season's not done as they will play Arkansas in Eugene, Oregon on Friday, the six-seed Arkansas. And Utah State's shown the ability to beat top-tier teams. You know, UNLV, is, is uh, I believe Rob said he was, the UNLV was ranked like 22nd in the RPI. Utah State beat UCLA earlier, who I think was ranked 12 at the time. It actually led to Rob coming onto our show back then because they, they beat a couple of really good teams in a row, including a top-15 team in the country, I believe. Again, I think it was number 12. I could be off by a few spots, but, you know. This volleyball program is having a lot of success right now, and Rob Nielsen is at a huge part in that. But obviously, the players play. You know, coach can be as good as you know, best coach in the world. But obviously, the players got to play, and they have. They've played their minds out last couple of years. But want to get back to the uh, Mountain West uh, All Conference teams. Uh, if you weren't here in the first hour, we can summarize a little bit for you. Um, Utah State had nine players receive all-conference honors. Um, Alfred Edwards was named to the first team. Brian Cobbs, Calvin Tyler Jr., and Ike Larson were all named to the second team. And uh, honorable mentions for all-conference. Got to find where I wrote it down. Um, Chandler Dolphin, Daniel Grishik, MJ Tafisi, and Terrell Vaughn, uh, and Hunter Reynolds were uh they were all um honorable mentions which you know Hunter Reynolds being an honorable mention was not uh not uh, I wasn't a big fan of that. I mean there's I, I got a couple of different texts like I, I tweeted out uh you know the players I actually only tweeted out the uh first and second team because the press release I looked at it was it was a release on Mountain West uh conference website didn't actually include all the honorable mentions i had to find those later so i just tweeted the four guys and you know a couple of different responses i've gotten was one was like 
Byron Vaughn's like everyone was like and Eric uh Eric Franson wasn't happy about uh uh Byron Vaughn's not receiving any honors and to me it was I I agree with you know Byron Vaughn's is good enough to be first or second or at least second team probably but his lack of stats uh, you know he missed a few weeks that did him in I think he was good enough but it's hard for others to see that who aren't watching Byron Vaughn's every week and seeing the impact he's had week after week after week I was more upset at Hunter Reynolds because the dude finished 10th in tackles. That's among all positions. He was a PFF uh, pro football focus. Who You know, you say pro football focus, but they also do college. They had Hunter Reynolds as an honorable mention All-American. And he was like a mid-season All-American when PFF released their mid-season All-American. And it's like, it's just honorable mention? Like, seriously, it's just, it, it was kind of frustrating with him. To not receive that. And it just felt like Utah State was just being like, all right, you're the, where did Utah State finish? Like sixth or seventh in, in overall in the conference? All right, you were a middling team, so you get you get four. You can't have, you, there's there's a ceiling as to how many, um, you know, players that you can have on the all-conference team. But San Diego State gets unlimited ones, and Boise State gets unlimited ones. And, of course, the other reaction I got was Ike Larson not winning freshman of the year. Boise State's quarterback, uh, Talon Green, I believe it was, he's the one who won freshman of the year, the quarterback. And that's just that felt just like quarterback bias. Where Ike Larson twice was named freshman of the week, won defensive player of the week for another, uh, it was one of the weeks he was freshman of the week, he was also defensive player of the week. That uh, game against Hawaii where he had a pick six. And it's just like, come on. Why the quarterback bias? I was surprised he was even able to make second team because he didn't really start toward the end of the year because Gervin Hall was starting. Larson was playing a lot of special teams and then kind of rotating in as another defensive back, as another safety. But Larson, Larson's obviously got a long, good career ahead of him at Utah State, provided he's, he stays here. You just kind of hope that they stay, because obviously when players get too good at these lower schools, sometimes they end up transferring to, to better schools to maybe prep for the NFL. But Larson being a local kid, hopefully he'll, uh, he'll want to stick around. Um, if you want to text in, you have any thoughts on the all-conference teams, um, also we're going to talk a little bit about Utah State men's basketball, beginning to preview their December non-conference schedule. They actually start conference play like at the tail end of December, like December 30th or 31st. I think they'll play Fresno State. But looking at their December schedule, you know, what teams are there? What does it look like? There's a bit of confusion as to like who they'll play with the Hawaii Diamond Head Classic because it's a bracket format. So there's like six different teams they could end up playing um, after their first guaranteed game, which is against Seattle. But if you want to text in, 435-339-0321. Uh, we do have one uh, text coming in from 9315. says, are you for sure not uh, not much tops hosting the full court press? One day when one host is gone, you should have one of the top listing fan be, be one of the fill-ins for the day. <laughs> I guess he's saying that I said Eric was doing more important things than hosting the hosting the show, which I guess... Uh, and maybe we could have somebody coming. I did invite uh, one of my uh, old friends of the Statesman, former colleague at the Statesman, 
Um, mostly because he was somebody I knew and had worked with. Um, we do have another one, 4781. says, I agree with 9315. Let us fill in for you guys. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm not the one to make that decision, though. Might have to run that by. It'd be nice to have you guys on. Like, you know, it, it's great to have people on for a conversation because I love the text chat. Um, love having you guys on. Um, maybe, maybe one of these days. We'll see. You'd have to run that by Eric because he's the one that's, uh, <laughs> he's the one that's in charge. <laughs> 4781. Get on it, Jason. Me and 9 through and 5 would have the station popping. I think that's what I'd be afraid of. <laughs> I'd be afraid of that. Maybe we should have had you guys fill in on Thanksgiving since we were off on, on Thursday and Friday. Just have a couple of people guest host in between uh Thanksgiving uh in between Thanksgiving naps after eating so much food. You can come in and host a sports show. Maybe. Uh we'll see. Maybe I'll uh, I'll I'll see if I can bring it up to Eric and just say, all right, can we have one of the, the fans come on and guest host? I know calling in, I mean, you guys are always free to call in. Granted, today, with it being me and me alone, it's hard for me to answer the phone. Even if I like knew how to do it properly, which I kind of do, I had to have somebody in here uh, help me out to get Rob Nielsen on. So today's not the greatest day to call. Not to say you're not welcome. It's just I may or may not actually be able to get you on the on the station. It'll be my incompetence. But yeah. <laughs> Four seven eight one says calling in is not the same. Tell Eric he isn't a jazz fan if he doesn't get us on the show. <laughs> yeah, maybe. And, and yeah, certainly calling in it it, it isn't the same because it's it's harder to have a conversation over the phone and. A lot of times if you call in, you get nervous and don't say what you're trying to say and and stuff like that. So it's, it's easier when you're just having a face-to-face conversation. So, I don't know, we'll see. Maybe we'll have a contest and see if uh, we can get one of the fans on the show. Some kind of... I, I still have, like, an ultimate trivia question. Um... And uh, maybe if I can, we can do a contest. See who can answer my my ultimate trivia question. The question, the answer to a question, I'm pretty sure I'm the only person who knows the answer. Maybe we'll do something like that. Four seven eight one saying stage fright does exist, and yeah, and and I've <laughs> I've had stage fright on the show interviewing people. We had a conversation with uh, we had a recorded if, if, um, interview with. Uh, you know, a former Aggie great, somebody whose name I'd known and interviewing him. And I was like nervous as heck initially. I initially like flubbed the intro we were doing for the interview and had to had to re-record. Luckily, it was a pre-recorded thing. And it's just like you get nervous sometimes. Luckily, I had the benefit of being able to just re-record. So didn't... uh was able to just overcome my mistake. Uh, nine through and five saying, uh, I've been the TV and radio play-by-play for wrestling before. So I understand the stress of saying something stupid. And yeah, I'll tell you the worst stress is you say something out loud and you realize, okay, that was maybe not the best thing to say. And I have to spend the next 10 to 15 seconds trying to walk it back without making it sound like I'm doing just a complete reversal. 
That's happened a few times. And you guys can probably find those moments where you might be able to recognize them when they happen. Where I say something, realize I probably shouldn't have said that, and then I try and walk it back. <laughs> it's, it's a really nerve-wracking moment. You think about it for like minutes or you know, sometimes even later in the hour. It's like, oh gosh, it's frustrating. Having a back and forth, 4781. Says uh, 9315 is definitely more qualified than me. He's flexing on me with a play-by-play experience. Yeah, he is. He's saying he's got radio experience. We have people with radio experience. But hey, I started at zero. Technically, I had, well, I had some radio experience. Um, had, uh, I started doing play-by-play for Mountain Chris. That's how I got my foot in the door here. I was back in like 2016. So, <laughs> 4781. I have experience in listening to the radio. Does that count? Kind of does, because the, the way I've tried to get better at radio, when I was just starting doing the show here, I was also listening to the Dan Patrick show a lot uh, in the mornings. And uh, listening to other people doing radio, especially people who are good, so I don't know if I'm the best example at getting better at radio, but people who are good at radio, especially Dan Patrick's interviews, like Dan Patrick's ability to interview is, like when you, when you break it down, what he does, it's, it's great the way he's able to interview and talk to people and get good answers and get like headliner answers, you know, the, the kind of, you know, answers from, you know, guests that end up as headlines on other websites. So 4781 says, I listen to Dan Patrick, the herd and Doug Gottlieb probably every day. I don't know about Colin Cowherd. Actually. Well, the thing is Colin Cowherd has really great delivery as far as being a radio host. Um, I won't say I'll, keep quiet on what I think of his takes. Doug Gottlieb's not bad. But yeah, Dan Patrick, really good on radio. <laughs> 4781. Lots of text coming. says, uh, Colin Coward has crappy takes. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah. But he said, Colin Coward has like a radio host. You know, his delivery and his ability to, you know, articulate whatever he's trying to say. Great. The actual words coming out. Again, I'll, I'll not, I'll not say anything specifically bad. Let's just say I don't necessarily disagree with four seventy one. Uh, he texts in saying DP is the best. Uh, we do have a few more texts coming in. We're gonna take a quick break. Actually, had a lot of back and forth here. We'll take a quick break. We'll get into some of your, some more of your texts, um, and uh, so we'll have that next on one zero six nine the fan. Your skis are skinny and your boots tie with leather. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You need up-to-date ski equipment and your kids want the good stuff. Al Sporting Goods has season ski rental for the entire family. Ski and board equipment that you can rent for the entire season. Pick them up now, bring them back in May. And for a limited time, get a free Cherry Peak Lift Pass. Youth season ski or snowboard rental, only $99. Adult season ski or snowboard rentals, only $114. Don't wait. 99 and 114 season ski rental prices will go up. Al's Sporting Goods for season ski rentals. Every sport, every season. As a small business, achieving your financial goals and ambitions can be a steep and rocky mountain climb. This is Lance Zollinger, president at Cash Valley Bank. To conquer the mountain and achieve your goals, it takes planning, hard work, and discipline. At Cash Valley Bank, we have the resources, expertise, and flexibility to help you scale your way to success. Give us a call. Let's work together and climb the mountains that await. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. It's back. Jarek's Fine Jewelry in Logan is having our annual Pick a Pearl event. 
If you've attended this in the past, you know how much fun we have. And if you haven't come before, you don't want to miss this exciting event. For only $10, pick your oyster, open it that day, or save it for that stocking stuffer surprise. Mark your calendar Friday and Saturday, December 9th and 10th. Pick a pearl at Jarek's Fine Jewelry. Look for the bright green cars. Make it special, make it jealous. Holiday parties and events at the Riverwoods Conference Center offer a festive and fun holiday atmosphere. Paired with catering from the Elements Restaurant, your special occasion can include tasty hors d'oeuvres, delicious entrees, and decadent desserts that always deliver excellence. Now accepting reservations for the 2022 holiday season, the Riverwoods Conference Center and Elements Restaurant can accommodate you whether your event is large or small. Visit theriverwoods.com or call 750-5151. Nothing compares to the warmth and feel that a wood stove provides. The two-time Best of Northern Utah winning team says there's never been a better time to replace your old inefficient wood stove and install a new energy-efficient EPA-certified Vermont casting wood product in your home. The U.S. government is offering federal tax credits of 26% on your wood stove install for Vermont casting units that include stoves, venting, and labor. Call or email Advanced Fireplace and Stove for a free in-home estimate. Call 435-752-7272 or go to advancedfireplaceandstove.com. And now, the, the, the Dan Patrick Show. Dan Patrick. I don't think there's anybody who thought Patrick Mahomes doesn't have enough time to be able to go down and score and, and beat the Chargers. <laughs> That's how I felt. No, and, and, and look, I, I just realized, you know, there's just certain things where in sports, you accept it. The Dan Patrick Show. Dan and the Danettes and you. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back. Full Court Press. Jason Walker as I try and uh, fend off a couple of texters who are trying their very best to get on the show. Not necessarily saying no, but it's something we'll have to. I have to discuss with people who make decisions. So I'm not yet a decision maker, though I am very much able to make suggestions. I've actually pushed several things through, so I'm not powerless. But four seven eight one nine three one five really want to be on the show. So we'll see. They're they're giving their best pitch, and we're also also talk about the rest of our radio lineup, which I don't know. I may or may not be contractually obligated to tell you guys to listen to. 106.9, 24-7? Not really. But, uh, I, I have opinions on the other people who uh, are on this uh, on this radio station because for the longest time I was listening to them every single day. Before I came here, I actually drove a bus, and I listened to it my entire shift. Um, and so I listened to Dan Patrick, Colin Cowherd, Doug Gottlieb, and then after we go off, we have uh, The Odd Couple. You actually heard their intro at the top of the 5 o'clock hour because of my own technical issues. But uh, 1534 is why I bring up the Odd Couple. says, uh, your guys' lineup is great until you go off the air. The Odd Couple is by far the worst radio ever. Who wants to listen to two guys that just yell at each other? I'll be honest, I don't have much experience with listening to that show because, well, I don't have the highest opinion of the sporting takes of Rob Parker and Chris Broussard. But they have a national show and I don't, so I don't know. Can't always punch up. But obviously, I, I think we've got a lot of good radio on here. And obviously, I think highly of my own show, as, as flawed as I think I am. I, 
I really enjoy doing this. Really enjoy uh, conversations with you guys over text. <laughs> our entire last segment was me talking basically with a bunch of our texters, which is absolutely a blast. Love doing it. Uh, 4781, who's been texting a lot, a lot of back and forth, says the odd couple is a close second to two bros and a cup of joe when it comes to crap. I actually like that one. I really liked to the, the two pros and a cup of joe. I thought, I mean, they were, they're crazy football biased. They probably haven't even mentioned that the World Cup is going on, but I actually kind of like them. They, they certainly had their moments of being iffy, but I, I actually really like them. They're the ones that come on at like 6 a.m., or actually I think they come on at like 4 a.m. and go to 7 a.m. But I actually kind of like that one. I can understand not liking it, though. Like, I can understand how it wouldn't be someone's cup of tea. I just kind of liked it. Uh, 9 through 1, 5. Uh, this is if Eric and Jason and the rest of the crew, like Al, is, uh, is great, just need a full court press for four hours or longer. Oh, heavens, I don't know if I could do four hours. Two hours is hard enough. All you guys are going to push all of my... Uh, I had a couple of the texts I wanted to get to. Uh, 4781 says... Uh, they're okay, just can't replace Outkick. Jonas Knox is low-key annoying. I'll actually give you that one. Jonas Knox is a bit annoying at times. The best part of that show is um, LeVar Arrington and Brady Quinn. They make that show really good. Uh, 1570, getting on the topic of radio shows. Cavino and Rich is a pretty entertaining radio show. I've, I've not listened to them. I listen to a lot of them, but I think... Is that the one that's like on during our show on Fox? I, I can't remember. I remember hearing their ads, but I uh, haven't listened to them. But I do need to get on to talking a little bit about sports. If you want to keep texting in those, I'll keep reading them. But there were a couple of texts. Oop, knocked the mic away from my face. Uh, there were a couple of texts, and I wanted to get to those because they were asking some questions about sports. Uh, 5338. I don't know if he was trying to nudge this conversation back toward <laughs> Sports, but he's asking, what are the college football playoff rankings looking like? Uh, Ohio State should still be in there. Um, yeah, they came out earlier today, I believe. They come out on Tuesdays. And uh, the top four, the relevance, uh, is Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and USC. So Ohio State not actually in there, um, contrary to what 5338 would have. And there's certainly a, you know, a conversation as to whether or not Ohio State should be in or whether or not USC should be in regardless. Because you know, I saw one column that said USC should be in the college football playoff no matter what. Because, I mean, the only way USC is moved out of the playoff is if they lose to Utah in the Pac-12 championship game. But if they moved out, Ohio State would move up from 5-4. to four. But Ohio State, they won't play. So the only way that, you know, say in Ohio State or Alabama, Tennessee, you know, Ohio State's five, Alabama's six, and Tennessee is seven. None of those teams play this week. In fact, I think outside of the top four, who I think are all playing in conference championship games, I think the next, I guess Clemson at nine, I think, is playing in the ACC title game. Yeah, Clemson's playing in the ACC title game. Kansas State at 10 is playing in the uh, Big 12 title game. Then you have Utah, who's at 11, playing in the Pac-12 title game against um against number four usc so like there, there's certainly an interesting argument and we actually kind of talked about this where i said you know if the number three team loses to the number two team why should they move back which i guess it doesn't quite line up because you know utah's number 11 in this case but should usc be punished for losing a championship game 
you know, they played in a championship game. Should they be punished for playing in a, in a conference championship game by being pushed out of the playoff and have somebody else who isn't playing in a conference championship game, like Ohio State? Do they deserve to jump in even though they will not win their conference? Michigan or Purdue will win the conference. So probably Michigan, but who knows? Purdue upset uh, Gonzaga in basketball. Maybe they'll do it in uh, in football, though Purdue's a lot better in basketball than they are in football. So that's certainly a conversation that can be had. Uh, 9 through on 5 on the subject says, I hope TCU wins it all this year. And I'll be honest, I do too. Um, he also sent in and said, then Jason should uh, have a guest host from every, uh, every sport that is at USU in the high school. You get out all the club sports. Link suggesting, oh, suggesting an extended radio show. Well, we've looked into the idea of extra content in the form of podcasts and things like that. We've looked into that, having um, more content that allows us to expand further beyond into more Utah State stuff. Because this is the first time we talked to the U- we've talked to the USU volleyball team twice this season, and they're conference champions. If Utah State football wins the conference champions, we talk about them every day. So. It's something we've looked into um, so we can have more content. So it's not just a two-hour show. It's you know, maybe more podcasts. We have legitimately looked into that. And uh, keep an eye out because we'll, we'll, we're certainly working towards trying something like that. Uh, we're going to take another quick break. We have a lot more text. Get into a few more quick subjects. Um, and uh, we'll finish up the, su- the show next segment here on 106.9 The Fan. Aegis Home Health and Hospice loves helping the people they serve. Aegis is a home health and hospice organization that lives by core values of character, experience, and trust. Every day, Aegis' goal is to help you with whatever your health care needs are and to do it wherever you need us to. Aegis, A-E-G-I-S, Aegis Home Health and Hospice. Call 723-9000 or find them at myagis.com. This is Ryan at My Mattress. A mattress store recently closed right next door to our Riverdale location. Most people have said how awesome that is for us. I think I disagree. At My Mattress, we love competition. We love it if you shop other places, but also give us a shot. Shop online or go to other stores, maybe even a warehouse sale, but come into My Mattress because we want our shot at winning your business. Come into My Mattress right now and see if better sleep and better pricing are what you'll find. Advanced Heating and AC, the two-time gold medal winner in Best in Northern Utah. They're teaming up with Carrier Heating and Cooling. Carrier provides you the best furnace units available. And now is the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns cash valley cold. Financing options are available. Turn to the experts at Advanced Heating and Carrier. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, 752-7272. Or stop by their showroom west of DI. And online at advancedheating-ac.com. We're not comfortable until you are Advanced Heating and Air. Hi, I'm Celeste Edmonds, Executive Director of the Christmas Box House. When I was a foster child, Christmas felt like something that was for everyone but me. Christmas should be for all children. The Christmas Box is working with the Utah community to provide Christmas for nearly 2,800 at-risk children. To learn how you can help today, please contact us at thechristmasbox.org or Google us. Thank you and happy holidays. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Welcome back. Final segment of the Full Court Press here. 
Honestly, with the content, we probably could go. Uh, Nine through one five wants a longer show. We probably could go another hour with all the texts we've been getting in. I do need to get to one that I uh, neglected. Seven nine nine four. I did not forget your text. I've been meaning to come back to it. Uh, he texts in saying, "I noticed that we play, and we're talking men's basketball here. Is what he's talking about. Uh, Notice we play San Diego, San Francisco, and Loyola Marymount. I think these are all West Coast Conference teams. Is this a plan to show that the Mountain West is a stronger choice for at-large NCAA tournament bids? Maybe. I think it's just the West Coast Conference is the only one willing to actually come to the spectrum. Although a lot of those are going to be home and homes. Uh, so next year, Utah State is going to go." To some of these, granted, they play. I think they're doing a home and home with San Diego, so San Diego is probably going to come to Utah State, I believe, next year. I don't know about San Francisco, and San Francisco and Loyola are both neutral site games, but some other ones against like Bradley. I know they're not West Coast Conference, but Bradley and Santa Clara. Um, and honestly, you, you mentioned those three. Um, I think, well, yeah, Santa Clara is also West Coast Conference, so there's a bunch of West Coast Conference teams. That the Aggies are playing in Pepperdine as a team the Aggies could play. Now, I'm gonna have to push off my. We we're gonna. I was gonna do a breakdown of the the schedule. We're not gonna have time because we still have more text to get to. Um. Yeah, the Aggies will end up playing like four, maybe five, uh, West Coast Conference teams, and if they end up beating all of them, which right now they're undefeated against the West Coast Conference, we'll see about San Francisco. That'll be by far the toughest game so far because they're I think 91st in the Ken Palm right now. And it's going to be mostly away. They're playing in, um, in the Chase Center, which is pretty darn close to San Francisco. At least a lot closer to San Francisco than, obviously, Logan. Um, so yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see if that because the West Coast Conference has been good. We'll see how much it helps Utah State because there's going to be a bunch of teams that are between 90 and 150 in the Ken Palm, or well, they're. they're 90 to 150 in the Ken Palm, they'll probably be around that for the NET. Although right now there's some teams that are starting to struggle, like San Diego. They've lost like three games in a row, starting with Utah State. Um, 5338 says, uh, USC's already lost to Utah this year, a much lower-ranked team than than Ohio State lost to. And yeah, there's the argument, I mean, I just brought up, you know, Ohio State was three, Michigan was two, Ohio State loses, but Ohio State drops all the way to five. Should Ohio State drop all the way to five? They lost to the team they, by the rankings, should have lost to. Um, or maybe, I can't remember if it was two versus three. I'm pretty sure it was Michigan two, Ohio State three. But it's like, yeah, like, shouldn't they just maybe drop to four? TCU come up to three? Or maybe don't move at all? But it's, it's rankings convention. That's just how it is. So there's an argument as to whether USC belongs in there. But the, we're dealing with humans with these rankings. They're human rankings. Uh, 4781 says, uh, have me and 9315 do a podcast for you guys. Interview teams, that way you guys can do the show. Maybe. Maybe. So thanks so much for uh, for texting in. We're just about about to wrap up the show we got like 10 seconds here thanks so much for your uh interaction love doing this show with you so uh we'll both be back me and eric will be back on the show tomorrow we'll talk to you guys then